everybody. Welcome to the Unraveled Podcast. I'm Crystal. One of the things that's uh, that's kind of caught my attention recently is this, um, this, I guess it's kind of funny, this idea that, you know, social media can hear your thoughts. You know, you see these uh, memes or these jokes floating around like, you know, I, I had a dream about a mattress and now I've seen like 50 ads for it. And it, and, you know, it gives all of this kind of uh, a funny but almost uh, kind of frighteningly funny way of saying, you know, social media is listening to us and they're reading our our texts and they're hearing our thoughts. It's it's so bad. It's amazing. They can they can see what's in our dreams. And it is. I mean, it's kind of humorous to think about. But really, when you uh, you know, if you're like me, you know, you always want to get to the core. Like, what what actually is going on? Um, you know, is it really that it's listening to us? And I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that really fully believe that, you know, that they're listening to us with their audio. And yes, you know, I mean, I, I know some people in the intelligence community and they would argue that, you know, yes, they are. Or then another half would say, no, they're not. You know, they have other things, bigger fish to fry. They don't care about what you're saying to your friend about, you know, avocados or whatever. So just like, I'm not going to, whether or not that's true, that's another day. That's another problem. Um, but what I, what I, as a kind of, you know, with a therapeutic background, kind of where my brain goes, is I think we may be tackling this from a, from a, from a, the wrong way, right? It's the chicken or egg, which came first. And I, all of the arguments right now are basically in one camp, right? That that there is a thought or a notion or a word or a whatever, an idea that gets expressed in some way, even if it's just what we think non-verbally, and then there is an advertisement for it. And I would like to pontificate on the idea that perhaps it's the other way around, right? Um, and, and why and how? Well, it's the psychology of persuasion. Um, one of the best classes I ever took in my entire life was a psychology of persuasion class, and it talks about you know, how advertising and marketing really, and cults, to be honest, really get to people. And it's funny, the the funniest part about it, I think, I guess funny, haha, funny is not the right way to go about it. But the, the most interesting thing I think is everybody thinks they're impervious, right? And you'll hear it all the time. Whenever I bring up the psychology of advertising to people, the words the, the no, no sooner leave my mouth than someone is going to tell me how they are not influenced by advertising. I, you know, if I see, I don't buy anything because of an advertising or an ad, or advertisement. I never, ever get influenced, right? Everybody feels like if there's not a direct action, right? Like you see a Coke commercial and you go see, a, you go buy a Coke, then if you don't do that, then you are not influenced by advertising. But it's not, that's not how advertising and marketing works. I mean, yeah, that's, that is one way and it's, but it's a very small portion of how advertising actually works, right? That kind of direct you see an ad for something and then you go do that thing is so minimal that the advertisers know that doesn't work. People, in fact, t- tend to rail against that. People, everybody hates ads and yet they're still buying ads. Why is that? There's a 10, like, I think it's like $10 billion. It's a billion dollar industry marketing. So if they didn't work, why do you think, why do you think companies would actually spend time on it and spend money on it? They're not going to do something just because, right? They're not, they're not stupid. That's how they've survived. That's how come they're megalo you know, mega companies. So what's actually at play here? Well, what's probably at play here is the, the what, what they call the indirect uh, marketing, which is 95, I'm making that percentage up, but like 95% of marketing is this indirect way, right? And what that is, is it's all of the subtle ways that you don't actually understand you're being influenced 
is what's influencing you. Now, already, I know there are people out here that are listening that get their, their, their little hairs on their neck rail up, and now they're going to sit here and listen to me and find all of the examples as to how that's not applied applicable to them. But if that's your response right now, if you found yourself wanting to go into your gut and say, no, that's not me, well, then I'll tell you right now that you're probably a little bit part of the problem. Um, and when I say problem, we'll get to that in a minute. So hold on. So let's just go back to the psychology of advertising, the subtleness, right? So basically, there are other ways that advertising works. One way is by this indirect um, uh, learning, right? So for instance, if I see an ad for, I'm going to say gobbledygook, okay? Because it's not a real word, but so nobody thinks that that's the... So there's a gobbledygook ad, and I don't pay any attention to it. And then I see another one, I see another one, I see another one, I see another one, right? There, it, I, I could see them all over the place. I haven't paid any attention to them, but what happens is I create br- what is called brand recognition. I create word recognition with that term. My brain starts to recognize that term. Whether or not I know what that term, what that thing it is that they're selling, I don't know anything about it, but I just recognize the term. Your brain spends a whole lot of time every day trying to figure out what does, what is quote unquote normal and what is abnormal. And anything that's abnormal or something that they haven't seen before or something it hasn't noticed before, something it hasn't smelled before or uh, heard before, it spends a lot of time trying to make sense of that thing. And so anything that is something it has seen, heard, smelled, whatever before, it kind of puts over here to the side and it basically becomes a subconscious influence, something that kind of goes into your brain and influences you without you knowing that it's there, right? Um, A friend of mine sent me something this morning, which was right on point, which was kind of like this idea that, or it's not an idea, it's the, that why you don't smell, you know, your own house and you don't smell your own house because of something called um, olfactory adaptation, which is basically your brain is spending a whole bunch of time trying to um, find out what new smells are or differences because differences are a threat, right? Our brain has to say safety or not safety. And so differences are a threat and it's not safety and they have to figure it out first. So any safe smells, any smells that they already know, it just, it doesn't even process. I mean, it doesn't process at a conscious level. And when I say conscious, I mean the forefront. I mean, I'm sure a neuroscientist out there will say, well, it's technically conscious and all of that. But for layman's sake, let's just say conscious for this purposes of this conversation are the things that you put your attention to. So you're not actively thinking about smelling the smells in your house right now. The smells in your house or wherever that is you're sitting are probably considered normal to your brain. And so your brain smells them still. I mean, it's not like you don't smell them. It's just it doesn't process them in the same way that you would process, say, the sound of my voice. Okay, so just think about that and think about gobbledygook advertising, right? So it's out there. The word is out there. Eventually, my brain sees it, and it just knows that it's it knows it. It's seen it already. It doesn't have to make sense of it. It doesn't have to know what it does. It just has to know that it's normal. It's a word it's seen before. So what happens is later on down the line, when I'm at the store and I've got a, I've got a choice between um, – you know, fluffer nodders, jabber walkies, and gobbledygooks. Oh, well, my brain goes, oh, I know gobbledygooks. I know it. And I have a sense of ease and relaxation towards gobbledygooks that I don't have towards the other two because that name has been in my peripheral for the last year, right? You notice this with candidates and like political candidates in your town, they'll put up offices and nobody's ever inside those offices. Well, the reason is, is because when you look at the name, 
over and over and over again, when you see a sign with a name on it, when you go to the polls or when you go to vote, it's not that you know anything about that candidate necessarily. I mean, maybe hopefully you're that person that researches, but let's, let's say that you're not. You're the kind of person that just goes in on a whim and wants to, I don't know, feel the right candidate, right? The name recognition alone, even though you don't remember remembering the name, your brain does. And so that recognition alone makes you think that you're choosing randomly a candidate or a product or whatever, but it's not random. That's one way advertising works. And just as by sheer getting your brain comfortable with the thing. The other way advertising works is, or another way, not there's plenty of different ways of persuasion, but the other, another way that it works is the same concept with um, not just name recognition, but with concepts, right? So going back to the Facebook or whatever, social media, knowing what you think before you think it kind of situation, maybe that's not it at all. Maybe it's that you didn't have an independent thought that you've probably, like, let's just say, Maybe you've seen, for the mattresses, mattresses is a good one. Maybe you've seen 50 mattress ads over the last year, and you didn't even pay any attention to them. But then one day you're sitting there and you're thinking something, and then you go, oh, I want to have a mattress. And then all of a sudden the mattress ads appear. Well, maybe they've always been there, and you just didn't realize it. And you didn't realize it because actually the mattress ads influenced you to think about mattresses, what you think is an actual free thought. You didn't, nothing persuaded you to think that way, but it's because it keeps, it, there's something over here, the peripheral vision kind of situation that's been kind of tapping you on the shoulder going mattresses, 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 mattresses. And then eventually you go, oh, I wonder about those mattresses. And then it's like, oh my gosh, they knew what I was thinking before I, before I even thought before I even said it out loud. Well, that's because they've been kind of like, you know, steering you in that direction the whole time. And I know that's a hard thing to understand because people want to think that their brain, you know, that they have all of this control over their brain and their brain is not influenced and they know what's influencing them. They know that if they turn their attention to the Coke commercial, then they ignore not getting the Coke, then that's the way that it's going to be. But that's not how advertising works. It works at such a subtle level that it's a billion dollar industry because they know that somehow this recognition um, influences the way that you think. I was talking about this many, 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 many years ago with a friend of mine and she was, you know, she's a very smart person. She is, I, I would consider her um, a brilliant writer, uh, one of the smartest people I know. And she, we were having this conversation and she, like most people, said, no, I'm not influenced by marketing. I'm not influenced by advertising. And so we talked a little bit about this persuasion aspect and kind of how, you know, the subtle, the, the, how your brain is processing information that you don't, you know, that you're not bringing to the forefront. And she calls me um, a week later and she's like, oh, my gosh, I just realized everything in my bathroom is purple. Why is that? Why is everything? I don't even like purple. Why is everything in my bathroom? Like, why did I buy products that were purple? And it was because subtly, for whatever reason at the time, all of the advertising at that moment had been about, you know, lavender cooling and soothing and whatever. And, you know, when she goes to the store, she thinks she's making an independent decision. I'm making this decision out of these 50 different shampoos and it's my decision. Well, no. How do you think your brain processes that? Right. It's like it's like this. You have the stuff that you're focused on now, which is like my voice, hopefully, and my content, hopefully. And then maybe the chair that you're sitting in and how comfortable your room is or whatever. 
but the world that still exists outside, right? It's still going on. There's still stuff happening upstairs, downstairs, whatever. Maybe stuff's happening on your phone. Maybe stuff's happening, you know, in your front yard or outside at work or whatever. And you're choosing to focus here, but your brain still has to make sure that you are safe. So it is still taking in all of that information that's happening around you in this bubble of of your world, and it's doing something with that information. And what it's doing is it's cataloging it and saying, yes, this is okay. She doesn't need to worry about this. And or no, we need to pay attention, right? So imagine... um, Uh, sitting here staring in front of you at a screen and something happens in your peripheral. You don't know what that peripheral thing is, but your brain can't figure it out either. So it says, hey, you've got to swing your attention over here. So before you understand that it's a threat, your brain decides, I'm going to refocus your brain for you and you're going to come over here and notice this. But there are so many times when that doesn't happen, where your brain can figure out what it is and it says, no, don't worry about it. It's not a threat. But it's still processing all of that behind the scenes. It's like you have a computer that's processing all of this stuff when you don't, you only see the web page in front of you, but there's all this code in the background, making sure that everything's, you know, all the commas are right and all the parentheses are right. So this is how a lot of times advertising works. And, 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 and so when going back to what I was saying about being part of the problem, the problem comes, you know, it, it just is that this is how persuasion works. I mean, we can know, I've known about, I mean, I've been, this has been an area of my favorite study for, for over a decade now. And I know this, and yet I am still susceptible. Why? Because you cannot, you cannot, as an individual person, focus and process every single bit of information that comes along. Your brain has to do some of that work for you. Otherwise, you you wouldn't be able to get out of bed. You'd be kind of just stuck there trying to process everything all the time. So you need part of your brain. You need your brain to do that work. So it is an important aspect of who we are as people. So what do you do? Well, you just have to be aware that this is a thing. And where, when I say part of the problem, where I find the most struggle, and this is not just an advertising and persuasion, but this goes across the board. This goes to political parties. This goes to religion. All of the more complicated and complex aspects of our life, the part that really kind of polarize us as human beings and as a society, comes from this idea that you can't be taken advantage of, right? When we get into this mindset that I am impervious, no, I can't be influenced. I am not an influenceable person. As soon as those words actually leave your brain or leave your mouth as an as a as a rational cognitive thought that you are putting any stake in, then you've lost the battle. Because I'll tell you right now, there it, the, the the persuasion aspect of uh, psychology is so it's actually quite creepy when you think about it. I mean, just go study how cults are made. I mean, it's very. It's very interesting to watch. Reciprocity symbols are uh, principles, foot in the door principles. I mean, these are all really sound things that that do influence us, right? So, so you have to be aware that you're influenceable in order to actually fight influence. Because if you're always on the guard of somebody trying to kind of nab you, somebody trying to persuade you, then at least in in at least a handful of the instances, you'll be able to counter that attack because you'll know it's going to happen, right? So like a used car salesman, or I hate to um, demonize them because they go bad rap, but any car salesman for that matter, if anyone's bought a car in the last, I don't know, 50 years, you know what it's like. And everybody kind of has their guard up. You know that they're trying to take advantage of you. You're aware. And the crazy part is, is you're not 
aware of all of their tactics. Those strategies change all the time. Ask anybody who's a car salesman, right? They go to sales training classes to learn how to sell differently to a different to each different type of person, right? There's a whole there's a whole uh, a, a subset of of rules and regulations. And when I say regulations, I mean subtle regulations and how to sell to you to your type of person. So it's a whole thing, and it's a whole field of study, and it's actually quite fascinating if you ever want to get into it. But 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 like the used car salesman, right, or the car salesman at all, ever you know, most people go knowing that they're going to try to get the most out of them, that the salespeople will try to get the most out, so they're ready for that fight. Well, why do we not take that same attitude towards? our politicians, and not the side that we don't disagree with or that we don't agree with, because we all know that the side, and if they, if you have sides or whatever, you, we all know that the people that we just choose to, that we know we disagree with, we're ready to, to break them apart altogether. We won't believe anything they say, even if it's true. And then the people that we do think are on, you know, fighting for our side, I'm using air quotes because I don't believe any politicians are fighting for our side, but... Um, those people that, you know, people want to believe are fighting for their side, they're much more apt to believe, well, they've got my best interests in mind. Well, no, they don't. They're just as, as a, a car salesman. They're trying to get out what they can in order to serve their self-interest. Now, I know that's a pretty negative way of looking at things, and maybe there are um, deviants to that rule. But if we approached everything, a new pastor at church, a new church, a church at all, if we approached everything with this idea of, how are they trying to persuade me rather than I, I want to believe what they have to say, so I'm going to believe it, and there's no way I could be persuaded. I'm too smart for that. When we start to take that attitude, if we get out of the arrogance of thinking that we are impervious to percept or persuasion, then we actually have a fighting chance to, to, to fight against being persuaded against, right? I mean, it's the guy that says, there's no way that the car salesman is going to take advantage of me. There's no way. Well, there's, I mean, maybe you're right, right? Maybe you do, you get what you think is a deal, but I'll tell you, they wouldn't sell it to you if it wasn't a deal for them too, right? I mean, that's just how it works. So there's, the, you're still getting something and you want, and I know there's a lot of people out there that feel like, well, that's not a good scenario because everybody knows their tactics. Okay, that's fine. But the reason that you have anything in your house, anything at all, that you've bought anything, and I would argue to say half of the independent ideas that you think that you have on things that you want in life from a product perspective have been put there not because you independently thought of them and then all of a sudden you see ads for them, but because those ads have been around for a really long time and it was just the first time that your focus decided to go on to something that that's been influencing you this whole time. And so I, 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 I know this wasn't the most eloquent conversation um, and I sometimes have, you know, a little brain fog and today was one of those days, but I thought it was an important topic because um, – more and more these days, especially with all this, you know, yelling at fake news and mainstream media, this and da 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 da, everyone has their guard up about certain things. But they're, but because they think, because they are more, so it's like, it's as if I said, um, you know, well, but it's, it's, it's because they think that they are, um, you know, they're more critical here, then that means that they can't be taken advantage of. And it's good to be critical now in this new area that you're thinking about, whether it be if it's the first time you've ever been critical or, you know, making sure that you're critiquing science or if it's the first time you're critiquing news. I mean, I would have hoped that people would have been doing that a long time ago, but, you know, I get that everybody, you know, people don't do that. But if that's the first time that you're doing it now, don't think that that's the only place that you're being influenced. It's, it's all over the place. It's everywhere. 
I mean, it's where they place items in the supermarket. Everybody knows that. You know, it's it's the idea that they place more than five items in the supermarket because then you get um, absolutely just inundated with choices. And so you just go ahead and pick what seems to be the easiest choice for you. And of course, when that happens, your brain is going to go to what did we talk about earlier? The brand recognition. And you think it's an independent choice, but it's not actually. It's amazing. It's really fascinating to watch how this plays out. So for you today... I would encourage you to look at all of the places of influence. And just because you've got it nailed, and I say nailed, I mean, I, you know, you, just because you think that you know how you're being persuaded in one aspect of your life does not make you bulletproof to being persuaded in other aspects of your life. And I think that that is an important, a very important message for everybody. It's important for me, right? I think about this all the time with um with like therapeutic or an, an advertising stuff, right? I'm I'm very aware whenever I go to any sales thing or any time when there's a salesperson, I'm overly cautious. But I also know that I have a soft spot when it comes to um, people that come into my office and that I tend not necessarily to believe them ad nauseum or not ad nauseum, but without having any questions um, because I always do dissect them. But if their story hits me in the right spot, I do know where where my weaknesses are and when my weaknesses if somebody can if somebody can persuade me that they have been victimized or that they're traumatized i i have to really work hard to make sure that i'm thinking through um their you know their decisions and their actions very um you know very critically and not just trying to you know just accepting it because it's a story that i i understand or that 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 works for me or that i think that makes them true um so I, I even have to do it, and, and I've been studying this for a very long time, and so I, I would say that this is, is a constant battle, and that you'll never be, you'll never not be influenced by something, but thinking that you're, you can't be influenced, thinking that you're not one of those people, thinking that you're smarter than all of that, then I would, I would garner to say if that's where your brain is, then you should really do some reading and, and some critical thinking at your own life. And if you are starting down that journey, I highly encourage you to do more of it. Read as much as possible about cults and how they're created and the psychology of advertising because it's a fascinating field of study. And, you know, if you think of anything or if you just have comments to share, um, please do so. I love to hear people's stories about uh, especially this topic. I find it fascinating. So um, there's that. And I hope you guys go forth today with a critical mind and don't let anybody take advantage of you. All right. Have a good one.